live your life, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for Yeah, rear naked choke of Cocker Spaniel, bro. You know what I'm saying? Change the neighborhood up. Conspiracy Farm. Go. Check it out. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Hey, we are back. Locked and loaded for another episode. Boy, we are bringing the pain. Just got through talking to Greg Carlwood, the El Jefe over at the Higher Side Chats. And we have my boy back for another installment. Always want to chop it up with him, get some updates on how he's doing. He is a new dad. And he brought a tag team partner with him today. I am always, as you know, rolling with my partner in crime, UFC Hall of Famer Patrick Day Militich. How are we doing tonight, champ? I'm doing good. I'm drinking some coffee and uh, ready to rock and roll, brother. Ah, sweet. Very. Little Joe. Little Joe. Well, uh, like I said, he um, is a good friend of mine. He's been so very supportive. And I know he's been busy as hell, especially with two new kids and keeping his podcast popping. Uh, Sam Tripley, host of the Tinfoil Hat Podcast. How are we doing tonight, brother? What's up, gentlemen? How are you? Thanks for having me on. It's good to be back on the farm. Yes. Uh, yeah, busy, busy, busy. Uh, two kids. It's chaos. And then, you know, it's very interesting because we're talking about little business in this crazy times. And, mm. you know, Tim Dillon was talking about, you know, like the people who are flourishing right now are the ones who lived in chaos forever, you know. Uh, you know, my uh, my drug addiction times of like the early 2000s allowed me to work with no sleep with two babies and, uh, <laughs> and, and my ability to hey, if you think that's if you think that's bad. He already made two babies before the covid friggin uh, uh, oh, yeah. sequester before we got locked in with our with with our ladies. You think you think he had uh, a lot of kids before. Wait till he, wait till he comes out the other side of this one. There's going to be so many COVID babies out there. It's going to be crazy. And then um, and then I've just been, you know, really running and gunning on episodes, like really just cranking out on my Patreon. I'm putting out like one 20 minute every show every day and putting out like three episodes on on Tim Boy Hat because there's just so many people. There's just so much to talk about that people are like coming out of the woodwork to do the show. So yeah. uh, right. I, I'm doing hey, it a can lot. We, can we- can we not to cut you off? Can we keep it clean? Because there's a lot of people watching right now that are very religious, Ugh. and I want you to keep it clean, Sam. Anything. What did I say? I, I didn't say anything. I'm a young Christian warrior, brother. <laughs> that tells dick I jokes. Do the, I don't know if you know, but I've been doing the, the Lord's work, brother. Praise I've been God. told that multiple times. So, hey, yeah, look, so it's we, it, it takes it takes all kinds, brother. It takes all kinds. It's okay. You can cuss. Thank you, dude. You know I love it. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Pat. And Jeffrey and I talk daily, so it's good to be back on your guys' show. So thanks for having me. And thanks for having Tim on, too. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we want to get to your get to your tag team partner you brought in today. Like you said, when we were chatting, or even kind of before we got started here, you were saying, obviously, you wanted to come back on. You wanted to talk to your boy, Tim. You guys met a little while ago and been having some awesome conversations on the Fed, kind of financial aspect of what's going on. If you don't mind, uh, well, yeah, just talk to your boy here, Tim Pichote. Did I massacre that? That's a pretty good. Tim Pichote. So Pichote. Than- 
Kowski, even though I do a daily show with him every day. So uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, you have two podcasts, right, Tim? Now I've got a few. So I'm, we're doing. We just started change the news uh, about two and a half weeks. Actually, we started the day everything went started going crazy in the stock market. So uh, we're up to seven thousand followers already <clears> on that on, on YouTube after about two and a half weeks. I've got my own podcast called Liberty Advisor Show that's sort of on a little little uh, hiatus while we're doing a lot of other stuff. And also a contributor for World Alternative Media with uh, Josh Segerson. So usually doing about three or four videos with him. I've been pumping out about four videos a day for the past three weeks. And uh, yeah, I, yeah. my main thing is I just wanted to get be able to document this ongoing financial collapse. So I started yeah. off doing uh, Facebook activism, started a page. I got really pissed off at the Libertarian Party when they started talking about banning guns. And, ban and I was like, you know, fine, I'm sick of this. So I started a page to try to promote Donald Trump. And uh, within two and a half months, I had 32,000 people following me. Four years later, I have 31,000 people following me. They completely <laughs> shattered. Oh, off. they took everybody from you. They, they, they chopped everybody away from you. Yeah, they do. They're doing it to me. My Twitter account's dwindling every day, and I get more followers every day, yet my numbers are going down. Yeah, no, it's insane, and and the, the, it all happened. And this sounds crazy, and I actually I do have it linked up. I don't know how to share my screen, but I had a fake news list go viral November seventeenth, two thousand sixteen. It was only called fake news list, nothing else. And then it had about thirty different uh, you know fake news organizations in there. And I only listed one person by name. That one person was Paul Krugman. A year and a half later, Paul Krugman won the award for most fake news by Donald Trump. And so, uh, so that's <laughs> Krugman's always dude. I recognize Krugman was a piece of shit when I was a, a senior in high school. Yeah, and I got to say, it's an honor to talk to Pat Milicic. I didn't, I didn't realize that you're going to be on here today, and so uh, I, wasn't, I haven't listened to Conspiracy Farm before, so it's an honor to, uh, to talk with you and to be on here. Uh, but I can well, get – sorry? Was Paul Krugman the guy that just said that they found kitty porn on his computer? Yes. Is that the guy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Unbelievable. Before we he's, been, he's, been the, he's been the liberal mouthpiece for economists for uh, – what two three decades now and you know that piece of shit has uh continually put out garbage numbers and and forecasts and everything else he is uh, absolutely 100 100 deep state luke did you mention that your your podcast i mean uh tim did you mention that your podcast with luke radowski did you mention that i don't i think people would love to know that because luke is such a great reporter as well and you two working together, it's going to be a really great podcast. Sure. I had Luke on my show, and Luke was really great. He stated my interview was better than Tim Dillon. So anytime anybody likes me more than anybody else, <laughs> I think they're good people, even though I love Tim Dillon to death. But, uh, yeah, man, it's a great podcast, so I'm super happy to see what you guys get into. Yeah, I mean, we didn't know that the day we started it was the day everything would kick off. So I wasn't initially yeah. going to be like the financial guy, but then now it's turned into, okay, well, I'm giving all the financial news because the Federal Reserve is on a path to enslave everybody with the crazy path that they're on. But just bouncing back to Paul Krugman, in the late 90s, I think it was like 98 or 99, he said that we'll see in a short order that the internet will have little more relevance than the fax machine. And so so why anybody still mm. takes this guy seriously is just beyond me. This was the late 90s. <clears throat> Like when Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, two weeks ago said, from Jekyll Island, which is uh, geo. Yeah. So stop right there. Stop right there. Sorry. Everyone. Excuse I, me. I just lost you guys for about 30 seconds and nothing recorded. On I the planet. Everyone in the United States, every senior. You're back. Every, every, yeah, you're back. You're back. Yep. You're back. All right. Every, every, senior, every senior in high school should be forced to read The Creature from Jekyll Island. I got my signed copy of G.R. Griffin right nice. there, baby. So yeah, we need to get him as a guest. I can I can hook that up for you. Is he still alive? Thank you. He is. 
Oh yeah, I'd like to get him on. He's I the guy. We... He's the he's the guy who interviewed uh, Alex or whatever the um, uh, the KGB guy, the former KGB guy that um, I just posted something about him too. Uh, Yuri Yuri Bezmanov. He interviewed him back in the day about just how you know the communists are going to slowly creep on us. But uh... reserve would be the, the the Federal Reserve would be ripped down brick by brick if everybody read that book. Yes. Yeah. It really is the biggest scam in the history of the world because, you know, essentially, and I, I got to thank someone at Anarchapoca for helping me out with this uh, analogy, but imagine if you're sitting on an island and there's only three people on that island. Let's say you've got a banker, a carpenter, and a maid, and let's say the carpenter wants to then take out $100 to go, you know, build a new carpentry set or whatever. So he goes to the banker and the banker takes that money out of thin air, you know, types it up on his computer, issues $100. And let's say it's a one-year loan, so you have 4% interest on it. Well, how the hell right. do you pay back $104 a year later if you only had $100 to begin with? So right. our money is not even money. It's, it's technically currency. It's not money. It's currency. There's always going to be more debt because our money is debt. So in order to get debt money into the economy, our currency, you have to create a treasury bill, bond, or note, which is a bond, root word bondage. And so it's to get us into this high-tech slavery where they realize, <clears throat> oh, we don't need to uh, get rid of slavery. You know, we'll just let the slaves walk around a little bit more. And, I, and I'm not talking about just black people. I'm just talking about everybody here. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're just going to let them walk around a little more, think they're free, think they, they're underneath their own volition. And then we're going to, you know, propagandize them through television programming. And uh, basically, we're going to have to dumb down government school populace where we're going to be able to suck interest off and then eventually own everything because they can create money out of thin air and now they're buying bonds but i'm starting to get a little bit ahead of myself uh but well that's okay that's okay but but basically what you're saying is um if all the debt was paid off in the world money would not exist yes there because there's more debt than there is money so if you used all of your money you still couldn't pay off their pay off the debt right and and so that's that's basically sums it up is that you know, once we paid off, if, if we were able to pay off all of our debt, money would disappear. And it, it's it's such a bizarre, hard thing for most people to grasp. They don't understand any of this stuff. They haven't researched any of it. Um, that, man, uh, it's, it's crazy to think that uh, as a senior in high school, I wasn't taught any of this stuff purposely. Right. Hold on, Pat. You're taught nothing that you use in, I mean, I'm telling you, Matt, you learn nothing. Shut up, Sam. School. You don't even know how to change a tire still. Yeah, I, bullshit. I changed it the other day. Do not, I, I only called AAA after I couldn't get the lugs out. Listen to me. So I'm telling you right now, dude, that we teach nothing. I mean, nothing you learn in high, the only thing you learn in school is how to follow orders. And yeah. the system is set up to reward those who learn to follow the rules and do as they're told and punish anybody that thinks or acts outside yeah. of the cookie cutter uh, employee worker bee attitude, man. The, the, the principles list is whoever follows the rules the best. That's all it is. And my parents were teachers. I love them. And they 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 did what the best they could. I, I'm not this is not an anti-teacher rant. This is the system is set up. And it's actually archaic because it's meant to create factory workers. Yeah. Like good, you know, obedient factory workers. And we don't have factories anymore. That's why the bells ring, you move to your next thing. Yes. It's, it's Pavlovian, dude. Very Pavlovian. Why? The Germans, the Germans set it up. There was a lady named Charlotte Iserby who was the second uh, assistant secretary of education. 
She was married <clears throat> into Skull and Bones. Her husband, or sorry, she was married into Skull and Bones. Her dad was Skull and Bones. So she's got you know two direct connections to Skull and Bones. And she wrote a book called The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America, yes. where this was all Germans when they came over here. I mean, kindergarten, that's a German word. I don't know what it means. I don't speak uh, German. But, you know, this is all set up by the by, by the Nazis to get good little, you know, good little workers, good little slaves out of everybody. And, and you know, and Sam, you guys are talking about you guys weren't taught this in high school. Well, hell, I was on the national the team that won the national competition on the Federal Reserve, taking a whole entire class on the Federal Reserve, and I didn't know the Federal Reserve was private. I also had a Series hmm. 7 stockbroker's license, a Series 66, my life accident and health. Uh, I had uh, my, I was a chartered retirement planning counselor at this time by 23 years old, and by 25, I was a certified financial planner, which was probably the youngest one in America at the time, and I didn't know this. And so, Are you serious? I was like, if I didn't know this— and you, then so you had all those licenses and didn't know it was private yet. No, and still most people in my profession still have no idea what's going on with this. And so it such a fire on my ass when I found out that I've been lied to this whole time. Because I, I thought I was going to prove this guy wrong in about five seconds and make a big fool out of him. <laughs> and to find out that I was the one who was made a fool of. So ever since then, I've just had this fire underneath me uh, you know, to expose what they're doing. Because what they're doing is incredibly dangerous. And they're eventually going to create, you know, make the, they're going to blow everything up. I mean, and like literally going to blow everything up at the rate they're going. They're going even faster than what I thought they would go. If you guys actually saw the presentation I did at Anarcha Poco, it's basically I was listing up all these different things that can kick off this entire mess and that we weren't the greatest economy ever in the history of the world. And I was and I was texting Sam and I was like, hey man, you gotta check out this presentation and I want to come on your show because all of you, you're letting your guest say, uh, you know, so Eddie, hope we don't kick my ass, but you know, you're letting guys like Eddie Bravo get away with saying that this is the greatest economy ever. And really it was all engineered by central banks and by Fed money printing and having other uh, you know, companies that were that were issuing money, uh, sorry, issuing bonds, getting bonds for next to nothing, then using that money they borrowed to then buy back their own stock. And then when they buy back their own stock, it then decreases the amount of stock outstanding, which then increases their uh, their shareholder value. And then that's why you saw about you know a huge a record amount of CEOs step down in January mm -hmm. because they knew what was about to come and they wanted to get yeah. their stock options. Well, yeah, you saw Bezos. Yeah, he yeah. sold like six billion or whatever in in stock before this happened. Weinstein, or not Weinstein, yeah. but Feinstein sold, and a couple of people in Congress yeah. sold a bunch of shit. So they Sorry, clearly Mark. knew. Yeah. So what do we? What, let's let's go back. I think it's important for us to go back to the beginning and say, okay, the Federal Reserve Act was written in 1910 on Jekyll Island off the coast of Georgia. 1913. Uh, a secret. Uh, no, 1910 it was written on oh, Jekyll okay. Island. 1913 it was passed. There you go. So 19, 1910, um, politicians and banker representatives took a secret train from New Jersey down to Georgia and then went over to Jekyll Island and met in the clubhouse there on Jekyll Island. That clubhouse still exists. You can take tours of that island, but that's when the Federal Reserve Act was written uh, by politicians who were obviously being paid off and, and banking representatives. And then in 1913, it was passed during the Christmas break when most politicians were not even there. And here's the thing that's, that, that is very interesting is that uh, Wilson won the election over Taft, and Wilson was the one that signed the Federal Reserve Act into law. But what's interesting is, is bankers uh, talked Roosevelt into running for office to take votes away from Taft so that Wilson would win. And that's interesting. So Wilson was being paid off yeah. and Roosevelt was being paid off at the same time when Taft would have been the guy that, to veto it. 
and we wouldn't have a Federal Reserve Act at all. And, I mean, and this is the, this this is where people people need to educate themselves and understand. Um, you know, <clears throat> uh, the last president to kill the the central banking system was who? He didn't kill it, but yeah, well, this, JFK. I know what you're saying. Andrew, 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 no, no, no. Way before that, Andrew, Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson. He was taken off the twenty dollar bill, wasn't he? He's about to be, and he was attempted to be assassinated yeah. twice, and both guns misfired from post both guns misfired exactly. So, so that's the thing is, is there's there's no there's no wonder, and it's not a surprise that Andrew Jackson is being taken off the twenty dollar bill because he was the guy that killed the last guy to kill the central bank. Wow, I never knew. You know, it's very interesting you said that about um, Roosevelt running to take uh, votes away from Taft because we see that in real time right now. You know, I mean, Elizabeth Warren staying in to take votes away from Bernie Sanders. Now, n nothing about Bernie Sanders' um, politics. I'm not a Bernie Sanders guy. It seems like the Democrats want him as a guy, and he's been kneecapped yet again. And yet again, he's not saying anything. I think he's part of the theater going on. But we've we've seen right. that before with um, uh, I, the reason I think it's so interesting because do you guys notice there's no major third party candidate this year? In this election, there's always a third party. Well, guy. they haven't they haven't picked. A, I'm actually a delegate for the Libertarian Party uh, this this go around, and not because I you know I even care about voting and more of an anarchist, and I think the whole thing's a big joke. Uh, <laughs> but you know, with that said, the, the guy that runs the Libertarian Party, complete deep state, absolute stooge, and it was my goal to try to get rid of him and try to recruit a bunch of other people. He's actually not running again now, so I, you know maybe I don't even have to go there. Uh, but anyways, with the Libertarian Party, so they're. Uh, there's a guy named Jacob Hornberger who I'm really pushing for. There's actually a few good people. I mean, Kokesh is running as well. Uh, but yeah, so, so, so their nominating process isn't done until uh, May. So so after May, hopefully we'll hear more about it. I can get you hooked up with Jacob Hornberger as well. I did an interview with him about two weeks ago. Great guy. He's sort of like the Ron Paul 2.0. But again, you mm. have to even go get into how you even the the whole like getting on the debate stage is run by the the commission on presidential uh presidential uh, debates that's a private company that's sponsored by like budweiser american airlines a few different lawyers and it's its <clears> own <throat> entity that was taken away from the women's uh commission on voting or something women's league of voters and right. so that is a private organization they've got two private clubs up there and then if somebody does like uh what was it uh Perot, when so when Perot was able to get up there, that was the last year they had the Women's League of Voters running it. Then they went over to this Presidential Commission on Debates, and so you can't even get into this, the debates. And then it's like, okay, well, even if you do get into the debates, and even if you are in all the ballots, well, then how do you even know they even counted your votes? Yeah, through blockchain, they could fix it tomorrow if yes, they wanted sir. to. Dude, I 100% believe that these elections, I, at least some of them, are complete and utter BS. The results don't matter. <laughs> It no. just dawned on you? No, no, no. But I mean, like, like, dude, I mean, like, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Diane Feinstein. I mean, like, it's like, it's not even, they're not even hiding. There's no <laughs> way Debbie Wasserman Schultz won after she completely kneecapped Bernie and fucking fucked the Democratic Party list. But she went, I just, well, it's, and then it's the, not even hiding. The, the Beck, the Jared Beck, who, you know, went in and basically was, uh, the representative for the plaintiffs, when they sued the DNC, they, the DNC pretty much said, there's no real rules that keep us from nominating whoever the fuck we want. We can go into a back room and decide whoever we yeah, want to run. Exactly. The, it's not a, a, dude that's, a government operation. The DNC is a private, private operation. Yeah, and the dude that sued Debbie Wasserman Schultz went in there to serve him and then like found him dead two days later. Sean Lucas. Yeah. 
Sean Lucas wound up dead. Seth Witch wound up dead. Those guys all not worked directly for Jared Beck, but those two were working kind of in, you know, that kind of capacity with some of that lawsuit stuff. But yeah, and they both wound up dead. What what are your guys' thoughts about what just happened with the Fed? You know, I've been trying to find out. I want to hear all the information on that. I've kind of woke up today and Jeffrey Wills, Jeffrey's always pounding on me about trusting any of these fucking people and I don't know, maybe because I just want hope yeah. that there's something different going on that, you know, it's like Eddie Bravo says, if this, if this, if this ain't real, we're all fucked. And <laughs> sorry about all the Facebook people listening, but, um, you know, it's just like, what is going on? Is this just, is this just another ploy of cronyism, which I, I mean, my yes. history told us, yes, this is going to be more cronyism it's control just... of the monetary system it's it's a fight for the control of the monetary system it is but i do believe it's nationalists versus globalists um i believe that there is a strong interest in i i, I still no matter what believe that there are white hats within the government that are fighting uh, on behalf of the citizens i think that there is a if there wasn't a fight going on we wouldn't even there this stuff would go through without a problem right so there are people within the government who are white hats who are waging a war against these globalists. So um, that's that's the way I feel about it. I, I think it's undeniable uh, that that is the case. Otherwise, we wouldn't see the fight taking place. Well, the, the fight is taking place, but the notion, again, I, I've used this euphemism. It's basically there, there were no white hats in the war between the Corleones and the Tatalias, right? They both were kind of fighting for territory, et cetera. When I and Pat, we, Pat, when I were talking off air before we before we got down, not many people have seen the movie American Gangster, right? Frank Lucas back in the day, he was a prodigy of this dude named Bumpy Johnson. Every Christmas and Thanksgiving, Bumpy Johnson was handing out turkeys to the to the masses, and the other 363 days, he was fucking selling poison to his community. So whatever, and I'm not an economist like maybe you, Tim. The, the 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 intricate nature of what happened with the Fed, I don't get it necessarily because I'm not on that level. But again, I think they're they're all gangsters. And when you have a fucking gangster like Steve Mnuchin, skull and bones up and down, dad was Goldman Sachs for since the 50s. He was Goldman Sachs for 17 years. The guy ran a fucking hedge fund with George Soros. I just I just hesitate to use these words of like white because yeah. they're all kind of protecting their it. own block. They all kind of have right. their own um, fiefdom, if you will. Jeffrey, it's kind of like what we've talked about, or at least I've said to you, is uh, crime bosses versus satanic pedophiles, or is it all crime it's, it's the It's the whatever you want to call it, the Capulets versus the Montagues, the fucking Hatfields versus the McCoys. Like, they're all kind of doing... Well, at the, at, yeah, I get it, I get it. And Jeff makes a great point. But at the same time, I think it's hard to compare mafia shitbags to military intelligence and people who have had moral lives um, for, for many, many years. I mean, they're... I, I, I've worked with military and law enforcement for many years, and there are a lot of very moral, a lot of uh, constitutional-based individuals within our government who are still in positions of power who are fighting for this. For sure, um, and I, I don't I, doubt I, that. I, and, and, and I don't look, think we're talking about them, Pat. I don't think we're talking about No, not at all, but what I'm saying is we're comparing, about... comparing mafia versus mafias. What I'm saying is there's a lot of people involved in this fight that are very moral individuals that care about the the Constitution and the American citizens and the future of this nation. The problem is there's like 0.1% of the people in, in government. And just look at Congress. You, the only person that voted against this huge bailout bill was Thomas Massey. Right. And then you've got Trump right. telling him to go kick him out of the Republican Party. When I jumped off the Trump train the day 
he picked Jerome Powell the day you can go. And then my first ever podcast was the week that he was elected. I mean, I ran September. I only had like 50 people on my page at the time, but I said Trump was going to win and they're going to blame it on the election. September on video, September 16th, 2016, jumped off the Trump train the day he picked Jerome Powell because I knew Powell was a globalist. But what I said, day, the very Rom, first Rand Paul's a globalist. Rom. No, 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 oh, no, 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 that no, that the uh, Jerome Powell. The okay. Fed chairman, the Fed chairman, absolute globalist. I mean, the guy was working for hedge funds. I mean, he was already working at the Fed to begin with. Trump had some really good people that he was going to choose. He had one person in particular that was a really good person that he could have ch chose from. Now, there shouldn't even be a Federal Reserve, but if, you, if there is going to be right. one— and, and, I, and I was like, listen, if Trump does a thousand things that I want him to do, let's say there's a thousand things I want him to do, and he does 999, if he doesn't do one, which is at least changing the public opinion on the Federal Reserve, I don't care about the other 999. Now, unfortunately, he's done all the wrong things possible. Now, in 2016, he was saying, oh, Janet Yellen is doing political things, and she's trying to help out uh, you know, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, so that way Obama can go golfing. And then <laughs> he gets in there, and then he starts criticizing Jerome Powell, for not doing the same stuff that he was criticizing Janet Yellen for. And so, unfortunately, he's flipped the script. I mean, I also have, uh, you know, over here I've got 19 different quotes where he was talking about how the unemployment rate was fake and phony uh, 19 different times. And one of the times he even said, I'm trying to find it, he said the unemployment rate is, uh, where is it? it goes, you hear a 5% unemployment rate. It's such a phony number. That number was put in for presidents and politicians, so that way they look good to the people. Now, I wrote an 18-page book called little book <laughs> called How It's Rigged the Economy on how they rigged the unemployment rate and how they right. rigged the inflation rate. And so to see him echoing what I was saying and then completely flip the script because it's so hard to try to – like what Ron Paul was trying to you know, recruit people into freedom and Bernie Sanders is just trying to recruit people into free stuff. It's a much harder sell to recruit people on freedom than it is on free stuff. And right. so, uh, and so with Trump, unfortunately, <laughs> did the wrong thing. He, he he tried blowing up this bubble even bigger. I think he was trying to do what he thought was the best thing, and he wanted to get the America working, get people's get people working again. But the problem is he they were working in jobs that should have never been there to begin with, blowing up a big bubble, and then getting people to invest in the stock market at the absolute high. People don't know this. It was a February fifteenth or fourteenth this past year, just two months ago. They were th floating an idea of incentivizing people to buy stock. Josh Seegerson, I did a video on this, and it said they were trying to give extra tax breaks if you're to buy stocks at the all-time high. And so they're always doing the wrong things at the wrong time. They're trying to suck people in. This was right. all predicated on on Federal Reserve <laughs> corporate buybacks. In the second that that carousel stopped, I knew it was all going to tank, which is why I bought put options on the S and P 500 in January that went up like six, seven hundred percent just in the past two months. So. Uh, so I am a financial advisor, even though I'm wearing a Sam Tripoli shirt. So don't hold that against me for people. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and you know. Hey, you're taking shots, Eddie Bravo, my shirt. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We had, we had indications that the stock market was going to collapse this spring anyway, right? We, we saw that coming, what, almost a year ago at least. I mean, we've been talking about it for over a year, talking about, uh, banks circling the drain and, and a lot of other stuff that's going on the derivatives bubble and, and people being over to the point where uh, it was it was all just going to fall apart. So I want your I want your feedback and I, I can guess what you're going to say. But for our listeners, I've been saying all along that the pandemic is being used as cover to collapse the economy, collapse the monetary system, 
and start this thing over, whether we go digital currency or whatever the hell they end up with. But this thing, this thing is being used to collapse the economy so that politicians and the elites aren't drug out into the streets and shot in the temple. Yeah, absolutely, 100% agree. And I always thought the initial game plan was to get into a war with either Russia or China and then escape that, them to be the boogeyman. Cause, so they don't want to admit, oh, we've got a systemic problem that you know was built on a pile of crap to begin with. Hmm. And, and, oh, we don't want to address that. It was all the boogeyman over there, the Russians, yes. or the boogeyman over there, the Chinese. Or now it's the boogeyman. Right. Oh, if it wasn't for this coronavirus, everything would have been going fine when it wasn't going fine. Now, you touched on a lot of things there. So digital currency, uh, that's also an area that I, that I sort of specialize in when it comes to uh, cryptocurrencies. So for me, I was a little bit late. I mean, I mean, still way before everybody else. But uh, you know, late to the game, picking up on crypto, even though I knew about Bitcoin at a dollar, because I thought it could be used to be the mark of the beast. And when I, and I'm, and I'm sure maybe you guys have covered this before, but Bitcoin actually does have some pretty big ties to uh, Bilderberg, has ties to the NSA. Uh, and what I mean by that, and I'm not sure if this is something you guys have covered before, but you have the so the head of uh, the head of the Bilderberg. So there's these uh, core developers in Bitcoin. The core developers uh, then formed a company called Blockstream. Blockstream got their initial seed money from a company called AXA. So Sam, you know, being from the upstate New York area, you might remember in Syracuse, like the money towers. Yeah. Those, those money towers got bought by AXA, AXA, which is a big French insurance company. The head of AXA is Henry DeCastries. Henry DeCastries is a multiple, like I think like six-time Bilderberg Steering Committee chairman. So literally the Steering Committee chairmen of Bilderberg his company is the one that put in like 90% of the seed money. We're talking like $55 million into Blockstream that then got the code Bitcoin. However, I think Bitcoin started getting away from them. Uh, there was also, you know, the NSA had a white paper. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up right now. It was called uh, NSA paper 1996, how to make a mint, the cryptography of anonymous electronic cash. And so I think that this was put there to eventually kind of make it a big, cool thing. But it then started getting away from them. So crypto can be used as the most freeing thing ever for humanity, or it can be used to absolutely enslave us. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah. so I've always been trying to tell people, listen, it's going to go digital no matter what. 97% of this of, of cash is already digital. They're trying to have all this right. BS like, oh, don't take cash out of the banks because you might have coronavirus on your on your, yeah. on your cash. Right. That crap going out right now. Uh, yeah. There's no $100 bills left in New York City. Uh, just tons of craziness. And so the, the, the game plan is, we're going to have this electronic like SDR type system. If I back that up, the SDR is the unit of the account that the International Monetary Fund uses to exchange money in, in between the, amongst themselves. Single drawing rights? Yeah, the, the spe special drawing right. right. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, so the special drawing right, and that's, uh, that's made up of 41% U.S. dollar, 30% euro, 10% uh, Chinese yuan, 8% Japanese yen, 8% pound sterling. Now, the day before Facebook Libras came out, I'm not sure when my camera's cut, shutting off, but the day before Libra came out, I did a walk and talk with my dog predicting that the, <laughs> I, I predicted that the underlying composition of Libra would be just would be modeled after the special drawing right. And it was almost to a T modeled after that. So I think Zuckerberg got a little bit too far ahead of himself, tried playing with the big boys on a stage that they didn't want him playing on. But now with this digital dollar, they want to say, oh, it's, it was a trial balloon where I didn't think they meant to have it go through this time, but they wanted to see, have a trial balloon. So Coinbase, which is a big uh, cryptocurrency firm, mm -hmm. their former chief legal officer, starting today, today, April 1st, 2020, it's not an April Fool's joke, is now going to be the head of the officer of comp cur currency control. So the head of the currency 
is now a former Coinbase guy. So maybe they're then, and then Coinbase has Goldman Sachs ties as well. So yeah. eventually there's going to be like this Goldman Sachs.gov coin where they can track, trace, surveil everything you do, Jeez. the digital mark of the beast. They find out that I'm on a podcast with all you guys. And say, okay, well, Tim, his social credit score is shot. Exactly. Social credit. Everybody's talking about social credit scores. That's the whole the whole thing. You can't travel. You can't do this. You can't buy stuff at the stores. You can't, you know, they take all your freedoms from you for believing or talking about the wrong things. Anything against the narrative, right? Well, you, you get think that's coming to America very soon. Yes. And I'm fucked. I mean, China, China's the beta test, dude. China is, as much as we say we hate them, China is the beta test. Social credit, digital, I mean, with the whole 5G, Internet of Things, all of that, the smart grid, we're just, yeah, I don't know how long. Tim could probably answer better, so but Bitcoin five, is up compromised. Is that what you're saying, Tim? There are no heroes. Is that what you're dude, saying? Dude, didn't Bitcoin get their initial rise from trading in people and guns and arms and shit? Wasn't there in that their initial pop? No, I mean the initial pop was actually when Cyprus tried to have a bail-in and steal their uh, steal their money. But then you could also say uh, with Silk Road, with uh, and I know I hooked uh, uh, Sam up with Lynn Albrook recently. So if you guys are interested in having her on your show, I can help you out with that. So so the Silk Road was really kind of the first big use case of this and got it on the radar. Uh, right. When unfortunately, I do encourage people to go to freeross.org. Uh, we're trying to get him out of jail. Ross has been in jail uh, for seven years already. He's been hit with a double life sentence plus forty years. For what? And it's an so for running for building a website, then he ended up for he built the Silk Road, then handed it over to other people, and the, the government realized this was such a threat that they uh, wanted to just basically put his head in the pike. And it's wow. a very tragic story, you know. So in his 20s, he ended up getting double life plus 40 higher sentence than El Chapo. It's because what it represents. So now there's other cryptocurrencies, not financial advice because I'm a financial advisor. So there's another one called Monero where you can't yeah. track it, you can't trace it, you can't surveil What's it. What's it called? Monero. Monero. M-O-N-E-R-O. Is it on Coinbase? No, but I can we I can I can let you know offline how to get that. So yeah. uh, <laughs> or Ripple. I heard XRP XRP Ripple so, was the on, next on... Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. I, I just heard XRP Ripple was was one of the next ones that more commercial outlets are gonna be taking. I don't know if that's true. I uh I mean I fired a client who was who sold their house and wanted to put all of it into Ripple. Ripple is like the uh bankster Bilderberg coin more so than Bitcoin, more so than <sighs> Okay. All the banks all the banks want to start digital currency though, correct? I mean all of them. Yeah, and so there's so that you've got like an Ethereum alliance, you've got all the I mean it's all the big banks have already been in it for, you know, several years, probably three or four right. years by now. And so something like Monero, I, I did an interview with this guy named uh, Daniel Kim. He was this Asian dude dressed up in a suit wearing uh, you know, he's a PhD from Harvard, Yale MBA. So not the type of guy you'd think would be talking about Monero. And then he is, you know, was given the, the use cases. Like imagine if you're if you are paying your employees in Bitcoin and you're getting all your supplies in Bitcoin and everything you do is in Bitcoin. So if you have someone's Bitcoin address, you can see, you know, how much money's gone through there, where money's gone, not necessarily who it's gone to, but let's say you and your five employees, you know, you all get paid in the same day. Well, you can say, Well, hey, how come Bob over there got paid, you know? You know, three thousand dollars more than I did over this period, or or, or if you're a uh, supplier, hey, how come you know we bought these widgets for ten thousand dollars, and we see these other widgets, you know, you sold them over here for eight thousand. So there's other there, there are legitimate use cases of why you'd want to have privacy. About two or three months ago, Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, came out and said, yeah, we're looking into digital currencies. The Bank of International Settlements is saying the same thing. But he said it's not going to be decentralized. It's not going to be on a ledger where anyone, everyone can see what's going on because they still want to have their black budget and being able to you know, run guns you know, to whoever they you know, do yeah. stuff to. Fast right, right. This. Imagine so, that. So. Well, and as far as the freeross.org and writing you know, Silk Road <laughs> and all that, the, the website and stuff. 
Um, you know, it was obviously being used for drug sales, for human trafficking, for other things. So not not uh, human, not human trafficking. Not human trafficking. No, they were very they were very adamant that there was nothing that could hurt anybody on there. They tried to disparage him and saying that he was a hitman. The guy who they said they put a hit out on was Curtis Green. Curtis Green came out and said it wasn't him. Uh, okay. Then they even they, they dude even the case is nuts, man. If you actually watch the case, it is straight up just. They they set the guy up and they took him out and it is a, okay. A so I'll dig in deeper on that. So he got he got charged and convicted in U.S. courts. Yeah, so it was in the Southern District of New York. Uh, Chuck Schumer was personally overseeing it. It was, it was Schumer's cronies that he put in there to okay. uh, basically. And I, I had nothing to do with the Silk Road. I wasn't I wasn't a part of it. I wasn't into Bitcoin back then. But I see. What did you say? Four life sentences, dude. Two, double plus 40 years. And I just spoke to his mom uh, yesterday because she lives here in Arizona. I speak with her pretty frequently. And uh, and what they said also said was if we do get a commutation and he's able to get out of jail, that they then said that he's under surveillance for the rest of his life. And then Jesus any fuck, that they also man. put a $185 million lien on him. So any money he makes and has to go back to the government. But Dianne so, Feinstein can have a fucking Chinese spy for 20 years and still remain in Congress and be walking the goddamn streets, dude. How and sell stocks and sell and sell millions of dollars in stock early before the collapse and get away with it. That's and that's the husband, that's the two that's where we get back into the two constitutions. Yeah, and her husband was the one who would be, you know, they would go and uh, buy up plots of land and then they would sell those plots of land to the post office and then all sorts of other stuff. So I mean there's so much corrupt stuff going on with Diane Feinstein. It's not even funny. Then I mean, you didn't even talk about the Awan brothers with yeah. Debbie Watt Schultz. Yeah, the Awans, the Awans. The that Awans story went on. away. Yeah, that no story shit. Went, that was never went, even a yeah. story. Yeah, so. They got completely undercharged. They were running like one of the biggest spy rings in Congress and they got charged with like fucking bike, bank finance fraud or something. Bank dumb. fraud. Yeah. What was fraud. the name of their auto company? It was like something CIA, but it was like the uh, something import. Yeah, they found dead. Like, there was a shootout at one of their dealerships and they found a dead body in one of the cars. Unreal, dude. Unreal. So the Fed taking over is they are taking over. They are bringing <clears throat> it under the U.S. government, but it's a nationalist thing, still ran by scumbags. But it's it's our scumbags. Or <laughs> I would stop you there. I don't think I see a lot of, especially on the conspiracy channels, of saying, "Oh, you know, Fed is the Trump has nationalized the Fed." If you actually read the statement, it says something along the lines of, "The Treasury is in a first loss position." So what people don't realize is that the Federal Reserve, they spin it at, so they get to keep 6% profit of, of everything that they make. Now, they spin it as we give back 94% of the profit because that, that sounds better from a PR point. <laughs> exactly. So, so I actually had a question that got, that uh, my congressman was on Facebook and said, hey, does anyone have a question? I'm meeting with Janet Yellen today. Anyone have a question? And oh, I question, big ball buster question from two years ago, got because I knew this guy would be a, a super inside baseball. I knew he'd be able to understand it. My question got asked to Janet Yellen, and it was basically sort of exactly where we're at right now. So I need to back things up because it is a super complicated subject. So six, so they get to keep 6% of all the interest of all the debt uh, as it goes into their coffers. Now, what happens is they are you know, collecting, let's say they collect you know, 2% in interest, and right now they're paying out to the banks 0.25%. I'm just, they're paying out 0.25. I'm making up the 2% as a hypothetical. And so right. I asked, I go, well, what happens in the event that the rates actually do rise, like you say they're going to rise, and now let's say you're collecting two, but you're paying out three, now you're going to be losing 1%. And so are you then going to have to send the Treasury a bill? Because now you're not going to be actually making money. 
Also what happens, and this is a financial planning concept, there's something called interest rate risk. So let's say you've got a million dollars, a 10-year duration bond, which is technically not the same thing as a 10-year bond, but 10-year duration bond, rates go, it works like a teeter-totter. Rates go up 1%, your underlying principal is now 900,000. Rates go up 2% because of compounding, you're at about $780,000. Now you're yeah. still getting your piddly amount of interest. And so if the Fed has about $5 trillion of assets and it goes up to, let's say that it goes up uh, you know, 1%, which is not crazy, now they're going to lose $500 billion, boom, in one fell swoop. So they can never raise rates. And so by the Treasury being in a first loss position, uh, we're the ones that get effed. So we didn't nationalize anything. They got to cap. They have capitalism on the way up. They get this fascism on the way down, or you know, of socialism. Yeah, the middle class and the middle class always gets pounded for it, in in the you know the hidden the hidden uh, tax of inflation and it's yeah it's it's brutal. Well, let me yeah. ask you, how do we how does they're obviously bailing out the banks and the corporations to the tune of however many trillions they just, you know, that, those checks have been cut in the last like two weeks. Six but we trillions so far. We get, you know, a couple, you know, 1200 bucks, 500 bucks for a kid. How, I mean, I'm just, again, not an economist. How does this not play like Zimbabwe where the hyperinflation of all this cash doesn't collapse the value of the dollar and just raise prices through the roof? Actually, I mean, I was on I was on record going back to uh, when I was at Anarcha Poco giving that giving that talk. There was an all speaker Q and A, and on I was on record saying uh, there's two things that I that I set up there that were very contrarian to at least everyone else in my movement. Where I thought that when the crisis kicks off, you'd see the dollar actually dramatically rise in value and actually skyrocket. And I also thought that you'd see Bitcoin go down on camera. I said this between 50 and 80 percent, but then eventually. The government's overreaction and the because I'm not worried about the crisis. I'm worried about the response to the crisis. Exactly. And this six trillion dollar BS is even more than what I thought could have happened. And so what we've seen is they actually the dollar go up a record amount the past uh, past three weeks now. And because what people are doing is they've they've gotten scared. You know what list out of the stock market because they weren't my clients. They went and they go and they they sold their stock. <laughs> uh, now they're sitting in cash. And uh, and so they're, they're, they're scared. And so there's actually a big demand for cash right now. Yeah. Maybe they sold other Bitcoin. And so you're actually going to see a rise in the dollar. But eventually that strength will lead to its weakness because yeah. other, big runaway. Yeah. Other countries. Uh, and, it's, and it's funny. I'm looking at the, I've got the price of Bitcoin is automatically on my desk right now. And it's six, 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 six all the way across right now. So here we go. Uh, just, by, <laughs> just by coincidence right now. Uh, and, and and yeah, so I mean, I forgot where I forgot my point, but I was going on. <laughs> so let me ask you, let me ask you this before uh, before I forget. Yeah, uh, before we were watching, you know, the the heavy hitters deliberately shorting uh, paper, silver, and gold to keep the dollar propped up at, at different times. Um, silver and gold seems to be staying fairly low right now still. So is that still going on in your mind? Yeah, I think, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think right now people should use the manipulation into their favor and uh, not financial advice, but probably think about getting some more uh, yeah. silver. Not financial advice. I like the way you pre disclaimed well, now, <laughs> If you do want financial advice, you can go to my website, schedule me with me right there, uh, and you guys can get a hold of me there. But anyways, sure. let's take a look at what the Fed has done just in the past three weeks. They've reduced rates down to zero. All right, everybody knows that. Now, this is a, not as well known. They've reduced the reserve requirement down to zero. What does that mean? The banks don't need to hold on to any of your effing money anymore, is what it means. They, it was 10%, and then because really this whole thing really kicked off September. Oh my God! Now they can just give out money regardless of if they have anything in the bank. And I can show you the. They never did. So, so no, so, they had to. For every dollar, they could put out ten dollars, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so this yeah. was 
Tenant, yeah, this is a central tenant of my presentation that I gave at Anarchapoco where they had to hold 10%. So let's say some banks have 9%, some banks have 11 No, it's not an inside joke. But no, so some banks have 9%, some banks have 11 The banks that have 11 will then, you know, uh, will then have to lend to the banks that only have 9 so that way they all have 10% overnight. What happened in September, right around the same time as that, you know, phony Iran drone strike deal, uh, the hmm. exact same day, actually, you had uh, a flag. Thank you. Yep. You had the overnight lending rates for banks shot up to 10 percent. Now, what's very important about this is the rate that we hear about always is the Fed funds rate. Well, what is the Fed funds rate? Because people have no idea what it really is. The Fed's fund rate is is if you are a bank and you are going to the Fed as a lender of last resort, that you then borrow money from the Fed. Now, nobody really does that in practice because they would borrow money from each other. Now, what happened is they didn't trust each other in September 17th. And so some banks were willing to pay 10% to borrow money from other banks rather than admit that they were is, uh, if, if, okay, I was going to say apps, but yeah. So rather than admit that they were screwed, they because that would be a big scarlet letter on them. So what they had to do is they, they were willing to pay 10 when they could have paid 2 because they didn't want to let people know they were in trouble. Then the Fed effectively said, okay, we're going to have a $50 billion a month uh, program. Now, initially, back it up two years before that, and I had a podcast called The Perfect Storm is Brewing where I knew none of this could happen. So, they, so October 2018 is when the Fed started selling $50 billion of bonds a month. And I was trying to do the math over here. I mean, I went to government schools in upstate New York. So, you know, who am I to try to question the Federal Reserve? Hmm. And so I was like, wait, uh, how are you guys going to sell $500 billion, billion of bonds a month? Uh, so you've got – you're running a $1.2 trillion deficit of what the debt really went up. Uh, so, so between those two, you're going to have to issue about you know, $1.8 trillion worth of new bonds. Who's the biggest buyers of the bonds? It's the Federal Reserve. Right. And now you're going to become the biggest sellers? Get out of here. Who's yeah. the second biggest buyer? China? Last time I checked, you're in a trade war with them. Again, the video was May 2018. Another one from 2016 because I knew that this was coming because they said it was coming. It was not like I'm some, uh, you know, sayer over here. They said this is what we're going to do, right. and this is what we're going to do it. And I knew it couldn't happen, uh, but it was all just a confidence game. I even had a presentation January 20, January 2017 to like the 50 people following me on YouTube. So I appreciate any love over there. It was called the Trump Effect and why good news is bad news. The all on video. The premise was that there would be so much optimism with Trump relative to Hillary that it would send the stock market soaring. The stock market going soaring would then give the Federal Reserve no more excuses to not raise to not raise rates anymore, like they had for Obama. The raising of the rates would then pop the bond bubble. Then the Fed would then have to reverse course, all on video, and and have to basically renege and every single thing that they said they were going to do. And so if we back it up to to 20 so to now, they said, okay, we're going to sell 50 billion dollars of bonds a month. Now they're buying 100 over 100 billion dollars of securities a day of mortgage-backed securities and uh, treasury securities right now. So. Riddle me this: How do you go from saying we're gonna we're gonna sell 50 billion dollars a month to now having 100 billion dollars every day? And how do you still have a job? And then why is Donald Trump then going and, and sending victory laps saying, "Add a boy, Jerome Powell, doing such a great job." Well, Donald Trump is getting through more bullshit than any other president could have possibly gotten through because everyone wants to trust the plan. I mean, my initials are trust the plan. <laughs> I mean. I'm a hold on, hold, hold, hold. So you're saying he's pulling bullshit or he's getting through a lot of shit? I mean, so no. is everything just he's saying people are people have faith in Donald Trump is what he's saying. I had a lot of faith. I was, my daughter was born his first full day in office or when or, or first day without a, without Obama, I guess is another way of putting it. And I was wearing a Trump shirt when my daughter was born. I had a six foot two Donald Trump behind me at one point. I was, you know, basically broke off relationships with family members, you know, basically going through a divorce right now, all because of my 
at the time loved your wife left you because you were a trump supporter no she actually left me day well day one of the quarantine we decided to uh split split different ways and uh, honestly tim it's like you're like a a fucking birthday clown who just came and shit in my fucking birthday cake (laughs) i'm so sad right now you made me so you shit on Eddie Bravo. You shit on my my shirt. And now you're shitting on any faith I have in anything going on in the world. I'm so sad right now. You've known better, brother. You've known better. I know. I know. Listen, I know this. My my instincts have always said don't trust anybody in there. But maybe it's just because, like like Eddie, you can say whatever you want about Eddie Bravo, and I love him to death. He he's 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 right on a lot of stuff. I'll say that, but. He always says, if this ain't the plan, we're all screwed. And you know what I'm yeah. thinking? We're all screwed. Well, and, and honestly, I mean, any know. of that, Q, well, any of it, we'll it, appeals, it appeals to our humanity, dude. Because I think each of us is pretty well informed on the history and how dark this pit-sucking fucking evil is. And I would love to believe in this notion of all these roundups or whatever. I mean, I believe me, man. We need to be rid of that type of evil. But... Just again, I mean, we could. I'm not going to even list the things that have happened going back to the start of World War One, which was shady, or the sinking of the main Gulf of Tonkin, Persian Gulf. All of it. It's all been based on bullshit, and there's been no accountability for any of it. And we're just seeing even more of it with like your Weinstein's or what, or, uh, Feinstein's, etc. There's nothing new under the sun. These fuckers are getting away, not literally with murder, but some of murder, financial murder. Well, we just get some scraps and then thank them for it. Oh God, thank you for this 1,200. Oh, what's that? You just basically devalued the whole fucking thing. So by the time I get it, it's worth dog shit. Well, let's look at the math behind that twelve hundred. So, so if you divide, you know, six trillion or six trillion divided by you know three hundred fifty billion, it works out to roughly every family of four is taking on sixty thousand dollars of debt to get three thousand dollars. Now, it doesn't take a financial advisor to figure out that's a bad deal. Yeah, but that's a right. bad deal. It's I mean, just funny money. They, you know, it's like playing Monopoly with your kid brother who doesn't know the rules, <laughs> and you just start just grabbing pink money and blue money and green money and just throwing it at him. And he's like, he thinks it's raining and he just, he just sold you the best property for, for nothing. It's, I, I don't, we, we were, we were playing, we were playing the game of life the other night just cause we're blocked in and I hadn't played, <laughs> haven't played it for years. And literally there's supposed to be one banker, but by the end of the game, you know, we pick a card, Hey, take 70 K from the bank. Like everyone's their own banker, like reaching into the bank individually. Like there's no one banker. We're all just kind of looting the bank, not looting it, but just taking what we wanted. So yeah, I mean, it's uh it's crazy. I had this dude. bad boy come in the mail today. It's a, it's a Trump keep America great money gun. Because Donald Trump is the money maker over here. I didn't. I just got like, like that's hilarious. That's fantastic. So let's let's talk about let's talk about look the possibilities. Um, either either Trump is part of this whole thing, and we've watched the greatest WWE show in the history of mankind, which Pat, Jeff is. He's in the Hall of Fame. Pat, Pat, he is. Pat. Yes, it's yes. Even beyond that, I'm telling you this, man. What? If this is a PSYOP, like everybody's trying to say, and I'm not saying it's not, it is the greatest PSYOP ever pulled in history. And it's not even, I mean, it makes Obama being like a basically Manchurian candidate raised from a child to be president. It's even beyond that because it is destroying institutions that they took forever, decades, if not centuries to build. Okay, we're talking like, the, the 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 mainstream media nobody trusts that tell hollywood's dead nobody's watching this shit nobody <laughs> like celebrities i mean trade wars the the paris climate change all this stuff that they have been building forever has right, gone right. out the door 
Well, that's the thing. That's that's what I want to say is is given all of that, you know, if if this is something that if Trump's part of this whole thing and we're going to end up with digital currency and tracking and um, social point systems and everything else, uh, uh, we're in, we're in big trouble. But is there in your mind the possibility that this whole thing ends up being Trump killing the Federal Reserve, which he's alluded to several times, mind you, uh, in passing? Uh, even before he was elected, but it was only in passing. I think he, you know, if he is the white hat that he claims he is, didn't want to get shot. And that is uh, so, a big so, play as well. So there is, there is that. And he alluded to again today about children being rescued internationally and being back home in America with their families. So um, I'm just saying, what if, and I want your feelings on that. You know, I actually, I actually think that he is trying to do good things and doing what he believes is the best thing. But he got in there, realized, hey, you know what? This there's a lot of, a lot of craziness going on that I'm sure you, you and your audience, everyone here, obviously knows about the stuff they can pull. You know, you know, just like a JFK. And he got right. in there, wanted to do good things, and thought, you know, hey, if I go in there, and this was literally episode number one of my podcast, was if he goes in there and starts. You know, I don't care if we elect Jesus. I mean, I mean, look what they did to him. But there's no way to stop the economic storm that's coming. But instead of first victim of the deep state, Jesus was the first victim of the deep state, bro. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's I, that's Jeffrey Wilson's quote right there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I mean, if he went in there and started, you know, trying to do like a Ron Paul and the Fed type thing and use the bully pulpit to begin with, it would then tank the stock market, tank different financial markets. He'd get the blame. Now, he was going to get the blame no matter what, no matter how it shook out. Yeah. But instead, what he did is he wanted to then make it to one more election, you know, run, on, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. The main thing I've been pissed about him is that I wanted him to go in, have everything collapse and have Trump pick up the pieces. I did not want to have the DNC or, you know, any one of these clowns pick up the pieces because, you know, what is it? You got like the Cloward and Piven strategy of, you know, we need to you know overload the system and then have everything collapse and rebuild America in their own image. So I think he was trying to do good things. Things got away from him. He just wanted to get people working again. And then maybe the second term he wanted to do what really needed to be done. But he's not going to get to a second term. Again, I, you know, my you don't think he's going to you don't think he's going to make it to the second term. I, uh, within 40 days of him being elected, I was on record saying he's not going to win. When my grandfather staged an intervention with me of October 2016, saying I was an idiot for going around telling everybody that Donald Trump has a very good shot of winning. And I, was, I, wore, I was wearing prison shirts on flights over a dozen times. I wanted Donald Trump to be a good guy. And I think he. You know, there's certain things like, yeah, you got in there and you got rid of the Paris Climate Accord. Good. I expected you to do that. You got rid of all this other stuff. Good. We that's why we put you in there. But, you know, right. I think he wanted to do good things. It's gotten away from him. Uh, you know, he thought he would just make it to the next election and then do his end run around the Fed. But instead, he's emboldened him more than ever. He's made them more than more powerful than ever by the Fed owning a corporate bond. <clears throat> a bondholder is the highest lien holder of a corporation. So if a company defaults, who owns the company? The bondholders. Yeah. So in essence, the Federal Reserve is going to be the highest lien holder of the entire country. And so with a corporate bond, you have right now, and this was in my presentation that I gave, if you guys check out my YouTube channel, I had uh, a graph where I was showing that over a half, roughly half the corporate bonds right now that are investment grade, so triple B and above, are junk bonds, or sorry, are one notch away from being junk. So half of the investment grade bonds are triple B, one notch from being junk. And what they realize is that if all of a sudden you see a domino start to occur. And, and so about 30, 40% of those typically go from triple B down to junk. If that were to occur, there would be layoffs and, and devastation that this country has never seen before. So what the Fed did is 
they went in and started buying ETFs. So one in particular, not financial advice, called LQD. They bought, went in there and started buying LQD, which was a uh, got high, you know, it was an investment grade bond fund, corporate bond fund. So they are literally going in there and buying ETFs, uh, which for your listeners, an ETF is an exchange traded fund. So instead of buying, you know, this stock or that stock or this bond or that bond, you just buy the entire, you know, basket of all large cap stocks or small cap stocks or you know so on and so forth. In this case, bonds. And so they are going in there buying the bonds owning the bonds and then bailing out the the bondholders who basically for lack of a better word were own were owning dog shit and they get their dog shit paid back to them everything they had at a hundred percent level so not only at the level they bought it at but whatever the highest level is they get all that money paid back to them that's complete cronyism that's complete fascism when you have this people are call it communism but when you have this the merger of the state and corporation which is you know when you have the, the federal reserve start owning you know companies they are now starting to buy stock as an end, not directly, what they're doing is banks can pledge stock as collateral and get cash. So if you're giving stock to somebody and you get cash, I mean, that might as well be owning stock. Um, and so right, they've sort right. of end run around that. It's just complete craziness. And people will criticize the channel that Luke Radowski and I are doing. And they're like, we don't need to hear about this financial stuff every day. Well, guess what? This is the most important issue in the yeah. world. Sorry yes, that I'm a little worked yeah. up. That I'm pissed that I'm a slave, that Sam's new daughters, that they're both slaves, both my daughters are both slaves. What'd you just say, dude? <laughs> my girls are freedom fighters, dude. Fucking ghost, ghost and ninja, ninja, baby. Yeah, they're slaves, bro. They're slaves. Off so, the grid, bro. I care about you, man. In the end, though, in the end, in the end, though, um, because of all of this, the Federal Reserve basically owning, well, everything. Um and us each being in debt $60,000. Trump still has the ability to kill the Federal Reserve, does he not? True. Okay. <laughs> so he has alluded to it several times, and I am still clinging to that small glimmer of hope and light coming through the shade in my window right now that he will do that just before the election, and uh, and people will realize that he is the white hat that, that we, we thought he was. But... <laughs> There is doubt there, a huge amount of doubt, considering all the things that he's done. But is he trying to save the country and being smart? He, look, he's a brilliant guy. Um, is he doing all these things and being the globalist player all the way up till the bitter end and then kill their ass? Uh, I mean, I hope so. But uh, and I, <laughs> That's I, what I'm saying. Is there anything indicating that at all? But it's possible. It's what I'm Many saying. things are possible. Many things are possible. What's probable? Don't stop. Believe <laughs> Hold on to that feeling. Sam, yeah, yeah. Sam, 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 you're a comedian, not a singer. Stop that oh. shit. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Patrick J. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he, he there was a, a tweet he had in 2016 that for, really first put him on the radar for me when, in terms of the Fed when there was an audit of the Fed bill. And, uh, and, of course, you know, when the Democrats are in, the Republicans kill it, and the Republicans are in, the Democrats kill it. So, right. anyways, uh, you know, that doesn't surprise anybody. So, Ted Cruz missed the vote on all the Fed, and Donald Trump tweeted something along the lines of, such an important vote, you know, I can't believe where that Ted Cruz would miss such an important vote. And then he goes in there, and it starts, you know, has all these quotes about how Janet Yelling is doing political things. And then he goes in there and starts doing all the same political things that he criticized her about now my, my name for ben bernanke is actually osama ben bernanke because i think he's is a financial terrorist and has caused more problems to this country than even Ron, or yeah. tim osman you know his real name yeah. but uh, tim osman yes old alan greenspan didn't really help back in the old clinton days necessarily either alan, 
Jets fan was actually sounded a lot like me, and he was a guy that they brought in to then take away one of their biggest oppositions. And he was like a math, big time mathematician back then. He also, he was a big time gold standard guy, sounded a lot, echoed a lot of the same sentiments I'm saying right now, but he got in there. Now his excuse is, oh, well, if I wasn't the one in there running it, they'd have somebody else doing even worse things than me. So that was his, you know, mental gymnastics that he used. Try they, to just- turned him into a, they turned him into a gelding. They cut his nuts off. Yeah, just like Bill O'Reilly, the former Fox News guy, he was the same way, actually, believe it or not, talking about the new world. And then yeah, he dude, he used off. to be, what was that, Inside Edition, where he was doing the Kennedy shit back in the day before he went court? Like, he was actually having a conversation about doubting the official narrative, and then he, you know, turned into, we'll do it live! Ah. Yeah, well, here's here's something I want to I pick a bone with, with Sam about. Oh, and Jesus. Eddie Bravo. Pinata? No, I'm going <laughs> to kick your ass one of these days. Eddie Bravo. <laughs> With Eddie Bravo, when he was on Joe Rogan not that long ago, and they were talking about Q and all this other stuff, and then Joe Rogan goes off, where Rogan has toned down his talk uh, considerably. He he used to be conspiratorial, a contrarian thinker, and he wouldn't even go there with me when I was on his show when I started talking about John McCain being a big part of funding and, and arming ISIS and a lot of other stuff. He wouldn't even take the bait and even start debating it with me, where he used to... Uh, in a heartbeat, talk about things like that. And then Rogan, out of the blue, says, you know who believes in Q? You know who believes in Q? And Eddie says, who? And he says, Pat Militich. Pat Militich believes in Q. And I went, dude, okay, not only have you toned down your talk and totally gone away from conspiracies, um, where you've now gone to the point where you've invited people on who are government mouthpieces and globalist mouthpieces for vaccinations, for global warming, for every other subject matter that the globalists are pushing, Joe Rogan has invited those people on and let them talk freely and then accuse me of being a full-blown Q supporter where uh, I have been hopeful that what he has said or this dissemination project, I have been hopeful that it's correct, but I have not been a 100% believer, okay? So what I'm saying is, is your buddy Joe Rogan, is he a CIA op now? <laughs> is he being uh, paid off by Here's the what I must say. Here's what, what I must say cuz I get asked this all the time. Uh, you know, I, I Pat, you know Joe. I, I do you think anyone can control Joe? I I just don't know. Well, when the CIA comes to you and says you better shut your fucking mouth, yeah. Well, then then it's at gunpoint. I I I mean, here's the thing I'll tell you about Joe because uh, you know, we we're at the comedy store all the time. Joe is Joe 100% of the time. Now, am I saying that, obviously, I do a conspiracy podcast. You know, he has a CIA guy. I'm like, what the fuck? But I will also tell you, dude, that if I was Joe Rogan and I had this cash register of a show, I would start questioning, what What do I want to do? Do I want to do the truth or do I want cash checks? And, you know, and not everybody- so you're saying so, so what you're saying is you're a pussy, too. Joe, have I done that, Pat? Have I, dude? I have everybody You're, on. I, hey, listen, I'm busting your balls. I know, I know, but it's like it's a weird thing because I haven't been on Joe Rogan's show in six years, and to be honest with you, I'm, it's fine with me because I know we just get on there and argue the whole fucking time. <laughs> so I know that Joe is a smart man, like a very smart. Sure, man. absolutely, one hundred percent. And. I mean, I'm not trying to condone it, and Joe Rogan doesn't need me to defend, and I'm not getting mad at you, at you, Pat. This is for people listening. It's like Joe's gonna do whatever Joe wants to do, and Joe is got, got, Joe puts out one tweet, he sells out the forum. 
So I, I think he saw what happened with Alex Jones and then delisting that Apple podcast episode and was like, what am I going to do here? Am I going to... Uh, oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. Or am I going to just toe this kind of line and just cash checks and snap next? So <laughs> I, that's just my opinion. You know, hey, I like well, chaos. I, I'm an outlaw, dude. I love... Like, I, dude... My friends all love me. They're they're very high up in Hollywood. They all love me, but they all think I'm a crazy person. But I love chaos. I'm all like, dude, I vote for is the earth flat or is it round? I hope it's flat because I vote for chaos. You know, is Trump going to take over the Fed? I hope so. Is Q real? I hope so, because I vote for chaos. And it's good for my business. The more <laughs> chaos the fucking better. That's what I say. I'm all for it. Listen, dude, I tell Pat, I've been on your show before. I talk to Jeffrey all the time. The truth is, man, you can say whatever you want about Q and I can understand why everyone's saying it's a deep state thing, but whatever it is, the information is real. I've, I've heard more shit from Q than I've heard from any other place. Now, what the information represents, I can't tell you. It, I, I say it all the time. Is it just spoiler alerts? Are they just giving me information just so that I can act like I'm getting some inside scoop and I feel like something's going on? Or is something going on? I don't know, but the information's real. I learned about Facebook. I've learned about Google. I've learned about North Korea. I've learned about the, all these pedophile rings. Jeffrey Epstein, dude, there was more shit on Jeffrey Epstein on the cue boards way before the arrest happened. So which, came from, which, which came from Julian Assange. Okay, so what, what, what I'm saying is this, dude, is like, I get that Q could be an, a, a, a PSYOP, but it is the most advanced PSYOP we've ever seen in our life because it's helped lead to the destruction of decade, if not century-old institutions. And You're correct. You're correct on that. I will I will say that. I'll give you that. Uh, but, but most of it came, most of that intel really came from Julian Assange, did it not? I'm fine with that, too, because I'm like, why isn't Trump let Julian Assange out? Why hasn't he pardoned that guy? Right. Yeah, and that's I've got a big problem say, with that. Yeah. I have a problem with it. Dude, you put Santa Claus into the role of president, he's a war criminal within two weeks. We just, it's hmm. not, and dude, I vote for- call Bernie Sanders. I call him Santa Claus, so. Well, I, you know, for me, dude, it's like, I root for these guys. I mean, I rooted for Obama up to about two years in, and, and then I realized this guy's just business as usual. And, I, you know, I root for Trump because, dude, it's if it's not, we're screwed, man. We're screwed. And maybe we are screwed. And that's fine. But I'd rather have hope against hope than sit there and just be like, yeah, we're all just going to take it. That's it. And maybe well, that. Thank you. I appreciate I appreciate that. And I wanted to bust your balls and get you talking. <laughs> What's that? I wanted to bust your balls and get you talking. Thank oh, you. Well, I just do. Well, I'm I. I Tim is a very knowledgeable man, and I like to hear this stuff, and I really just haven't heard what's going on with the Federal Reserve. And, like, I'm right. I, I'm hoping against hope that this that something's going to happen. And, again, you know, you brought it up. Maybe this is just the start of one. But, you know, it's like here's the whole thing, man. You know, it's like when, when, when Trump and all the arrests were happening with Russiagate and all that stuff, and they're like, oh, there's, there's corruption, corruption, corruption. I'm like— Dude, if you go to Washington, you're going to find corruption. If you go to a pig farm, you're going to find pig shit, okay? <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I, I kind of did an analogy. It's like, it's kind of like the USC uh, 
athletic program, right? They got rid of the old AD, okay, and they brought in this new AD, and he just started hiring all the same people because he's just surrounded by garbage. It's imp- You know, and that's what, I mean, if you go to Washington, D.C., you are surrounded by garbage. And I'm oh, not yeah. trying to say that Trump was a white knight coming in, but something happened in that election that wasn't business as usual. That's all I know. And, you know, when Trump goes and puts out an executive order that makes guns an essential fucking business, that's not business as usual. That's just my opinion, dude. These are little things that that just, it's like, okay, dude, if this is business as usual, why are these things being done? And maybe right. it's in in the second term and just Fugazi's everybody just scorching. Well, he, he also that's signs that. executive orders, you know, potentially removing funding for certain institutions that criticize Israel. That's not cool. That's, no, dude, that's free speech. He has a Zionist. That's anti-Semitic. Has, dude, we that's can anti-Semitic of you, Jeff. No, Zionism, his daughter working on precognitive <laughs> crimes, uh, that stuff. Uh, what's going on with Julian Assange? What's going on in Yemen? I can sit there forever and tell you things I don't like about Trump. But for the first time in a long time, there's a couple things that I do like that he did. And if you're going to criticize him, in my opinion, you have to at least go, these are things going well. So like with every president, it has to be issue to issue. Now, everything Tim has said is 100% real. Tim has no reason to lie to us. And I trust Tim's information all the time that I've talked to him. He's very knowledgeable. And I'm going to go, okay, Tim, Tim has kind of said it right. It, something's, it's, it's not what we think it is. Right. It's something different. We'll see how it plays out. Okay? Doesn't sound like we're being saved by anybody. It almost sounds, according to Tim, we've been put in even worse position. Right. But, and we well, get these kind of superficial wins, if you will. I mean, which are, are dope, like Pat was saying. And I think it's huge that he is rounding up these pedophile networks, even if it's on a small that's level. Real, right? That is. That's no, that absolutely is. Exactly. sit there and go, listen, man, if, if Hillary was in office, would Jeffrey Epstein been arrested? Would no. El Chapo been arrested? Would uh, Nader, who everyone says the Trump guy, was really funneling illegal money into Hillary Clinton's campaign and you could tell me it's business as usual and that they're all friends with this this list dude you know it's like i live in hollywood right i worked at the standard hotel do you know how much shit i get for being a fucking low level fucking valet at the standard hotel (laughs) everybody acts like i'm in on these fucking sex parties you know how you don't you know how you don't get busted on having a satanic pedophile fucking sex party is by not inviting the fucking valet who does stand up at the world famous comedy store. Right. That's how you keep that fucking party going. So yeah. whatever it is, and I'd love to hear Tim's Tim's opinion on this and this isn't me yelling at anybody, but it's like for I mean dude, if you have if you have to go Trump, Obama, George Bush Bush Sr., George Bush Jr. or um up to Reagan, I mean like who who would you take? Tim's walking out on me right now. So fucking deep state. Listen to me, dude. dude this is a he's, got his, he's got his, he's got his hat. Oh, Jesus. Make America Great Again hat that I spent $250 on before the effing election. So if, if anyone out there wants to criticize me, did you guys... You know, Nobody's criticizing you, dude. Nobody's criticizing no, 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 you. No, no, meant, sh- no, no, no. I meant, no, I meant like... Shit on my best friend, and then you shit on my t-shirt. I know you're only joking, dude, and I'm only joking, no, too. I, I meant like the, the people in the comments would be like, oh, this guy you know, wants Hillary. Well, I've got some Hillary toilet paper over here, too. <laughs> nice. Now might come nice. up here. Uh, Tim, your information's great. Eddie Bravo does a lot. 
Eddie Bravo, for whatever anybody wants to say about that man, he's brought more attention to what we do than anybody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, no, I love Eddie. I love Eddie. That's no, not that's so not an issue. I'm not yelling at anybody. I've just had a lot of cup of coffee during this, so I'm ready to <laughs> That's I awesome. Should have done but speed ultimately, ultimately let me let me just say this that it's obvious, Tim, with all of your research and study and history and knowledge of the Federal Reserve, the banking industry, everything else that that, that uh, you you have done and the show that you have hosted, the research all the years of knowledge, you know, Jeff and I have done this show for quite a while. Sam's done his show for quite a while. We all come to the conclusion that if Trump does not kill the Federal Reserve, we are up up uh, sh shit creek without a paddle. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I have no illusions that he's going to do that. None whatsoever. <laughs> I'm saying that if I'm saying that if he does not kill the Federal Reserve, we are up shit creek without a paddle. And yeah. even if he even if he even if he does, there's no easy button to just go you know reverse course and everything. Sure, sure. There, but if we don't do this, it's going to end up being way worse off. And uh, I mean, maybe the 40 chess aspect of it is maybe he's just like fuck it, we're going to go bankrupt anyway. So why don't we just print as much money? Because the Federal Reserve is going to end. This is the third Federal Reserve. Now the first right. one is the first Central Bank of America that ended in 1812. The real reason the British came down here and burned down the effing White House is because they're the ones that ran it. And yep. then when they, the charter got revoked, that's why they came over here. We'd already mentioned about Andrew Jackson. He was attempted to be assassinated twice. Both guns misfired. The guy said it was wealthy Europeans that put him up to it. Then you had Abraham Lincoln who said, I have, a, I have an army in front of me that's the South. I have an army of bankers, European bankers at my rear. I far more fear the arm, army at my rear. Boom, he was taken out. JFK legalized silver as, as legal tender. Boom, you know, he was taken out. So you know, there's, this is a high stakes game. But if you bring it back even further than that, and a lot of your listeners probably know this, but you know how this whole thing started is you had the Bauer family yes. over in Germany. The Bauer family was also teamed up with the Oppenheimer family. And the Oppenheimers were like, well, hey, instead of just being goldsmiths and lending gold to every Tom, Dick, and Harry, why don't you start lending money to princes and kings and governments? And so then the Bauer family had a red shield in their door. Red shield in German is Rothschild. That's the Rothschild. That's the yeah. Rothschild family. So then they went over to, so then uh, there was a German prince that wanted to buy English bonds. The Rothschilds said, okay, we'll invest in English bonds. They never, they never took that money and invested it. They found out Napoleon, and obviously skipping over a lot of stuff here, they found out Napoleon had, had lost the war. They spread a rumor through carrier pigeons saying that they had won the war, took the British stock market almost down to zero. They yeah. came in with money that they had from the German prince, bought up the entire stock market. Then when everything went back up, they got in cahoots with the royal family to then uh, run the Bank of England. Yep. And then, then the Rothschilds sent their six sons out to like Frankfurt and Vienna and uh, you know all the you know all the major banking started all the major major banking dynasties. And then you then fast forward their agent in America was Alexander Hamilton, which mm -hmm. is why he's deified here in America. And that's you know the, obviously the, the cliff note version of how and that's why Alan, Aaron Burr plugged his yeah. ass, right? Yeah, I mean, so Aaron Burr should be, you know, a hero, but instead, you know, we've got plays on, you know, how great Alexander Hamilton is because he's the Rothschild agent. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and that's that's the thing I about I love that. these conversations. I just gotta say, these are the best conversations. I don't know why people would sit there and watch the news when you could have some black belt level discussions like this. <laughs> right. Without... No, the news is the news is full of shit. We're we're actually digging into the real stuff, you know, and and. Uh, elaborating on what Tim was saying, you know, as far as the Rothschild family and, and how they were, I mean, they controlled everything, both sides of war, obviously. We've talked about that before, where you hear the term the bankers' wars. Uh, you know, during that war between England and Napoleon, you know, the Rothschild wagons that were carrying gold 
were never attacked by anyone because, well, they were carrying uh, the, the red shield on the outside of them. Everybody knew, don't touch that, don't touch that wagon. Don't, do not touch that wagon, bro. And then and he also said, you know, I care not who makes the laws. The, the head of the Rothschild family, I, I care not who makes the laws. I only care about who controls the money, and I control the money. This is right. all about this is all about control. It's all about money. None of this. Uh, the Federal Reserve. There is no reason to even pay taxes. And now, now go pay your taxes. I don't want the IRS because they know. can print money. Yeah, we can print money, but it's about control. It's like the bug's life. This isn't about the food. It's about keeping those ants in, lo in yes. line. Yes. Huge so man. So here, here's 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 another angle to Trump being a white hat. Um, the delay of three months on paying the uh, IRS, bro. Right? Yeah, these yeah, are little things I don't. Yeah, I don't I'm just saying. Sense. I'm just saying that's another angle of killing the IRS, killing the Federal Reserve, all that. We're going to delay it three months. You know, too bad for you, IRS. I mean, again, just more superficial and cosmetic shit. Which I mean, I, I, Tim, what you've well, broken I'm down is really saying, kind of the, the, saying, what Tim has there. broken down. I think is the essence of this. I posted the other day. This goes beyond any one president, any one administration. This is this is a program that's going to play out over several years. Uh, Sam, I know you got a dip. You got your babies, Tim. You guys both shout out where we can track you guys down. And we obviously, Sam, you're welcome back anytime. Tim would definitely love to get you back too as this stuff plays out. Where can we find you guys? Tim, you go first. Yeah, I've got a YouTube channel that I just started uh, promoting because I was doing everything on Facebook and then, you know, kind of got disheveled off of there. So I, I only have a thousand subscribers. I just got to it. So it's Tim Pichot, the Liberty Advisor. Got tons of fire on there. Uh, also doing Change the News with uh, with Luke Radowski. And then you can find me at World Alternative Media. But the big one, my own my own personal one, is going to be Tim Pichot, the Liberty Advisor, thelibertyadvisor.com. If you're interested in becoming a client, if you want to find out how I only lost 5% for my clients this year and then made 25 last year. You know, I, I was trying to get on Sam's show before everything went down, but you know, it's better better late than oh, never. Dude. And I really appreciate you guys. Uh, you guys have me on. It's been Thank awesome. You. We'll have you back on for sure. Uh, I appreciate you, Tim. Even though you did shit in my birthday cake, but uh, no, you were great. And uh, these are the conversations I like to have. I like that. I'm not here for having comforting truths. Oh, I mean, uh, comforting lies. I want to hear unsettling truths. And again, dude, uh, you know, I, I appreciate this conversation. You can find me on all social media uh, at, at Sam Tripoli, T R I P O L I. You can find Tim Fall Hat with Sam Tripoli. Uh, wherever you listen, my YouTube page finally got back up and it's cooking with a little gas. Uh, I also do a sports podcast called Punch Drunk Sports. That's uh, one of the longest running comedy sports podcasts. And uh, go to samtriplee.com. You can uh, hear my, see my two specials uh, live from the Viper Room for free at samtriplee.com. And my new YouTube only show, uh, Broken Simulation, drops on, on Friday. Sweet. Much love, hey, you guys. Absolutely. Jeffrey, I yeah. love you very much. Back at Pat, you. I love you very much. Anytime I can talk to both of you guys are great. And I'm glad Tim could get on. You guys could see what kind of black belt shit he's got going on. Yes. And I love when the tribes all come together. Damn straight. And uh, well, anytime we can do this, I'm always available. Absolutely. And let me, let, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Tim. And I want to close with this if I can, Jeff, and then you Go for can it. take it home. Uh, a good friend of mine, Tony Seymour from the Seymour family, the great wrestling family from Bettendorf, Iowa, uh, left this quote for us. Gold is the money of kings. Silver is the money of gentlemen. Barter is the money of peasants. But debt is the money of slaves. Norm France. Absolutely. Smurfly. Words to live by. Well, again, the sign behind me says King's Ransom. So it's a, it's a show that it's not our money. This is the money of the crown. We have to borrow our own money into existence. And so, yeah, well, well said. 
There's a lot to this, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I want to thank you guys for your time, Tim. It's been very helpful to kind of cut through a lot of this nonsense, especially about the Fed and the financial implications, et cetera. Patrick J., love you, brother. Sam, love you too, my man. And uh, peace and so much love, guys. Until next time. Take care, guys. Absolutely. Great show. Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys. Peace and love. There will always be more out this bitch.